More of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Welcome to Hour 3 of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes, JV, and Eric are here. And oh, and Dr. Ken happened to walk in very briefly just to get his laptop. And I don't know if he heard me talking about his listeners, but uh, he probably did. So he's probably a little angry. All I said is that Dr. Ken has the kind of listeners that talk to themselves. Uh, I guess I get on. Out, I guess I get on out this bed and make me and my Folgers and my Maxwell house. I, oh Lord, it's cold outside today. Whoo! What I'm on? I'm, I'm gonna make me some collard greens. Oh, I think man. just talking to nobody. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about um, if someone is considering leaving their job, JB and or Erica. What is one of the first things that they should do? Because a lot of folks they're quiet quitting already. You know, they mm-hmm. thinking about their next endeavor. What is the first thing they should do before they actually put in that two-week notice? Well, you, you better check your inventory first, right? Um, you got to start thinking about how how long is this process going to be until you secure the next role. So thinking about that emergency fund, um, you know, how long can it last me? Um, you know, I'm a big advocate before you, you go on to the next thing. You really do want to think as many solutions first. Don't just quit cold turkey. If you can avoid it, it creates a lot of problems. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm in the the school of thought of try to have one lined up before you, before you leave one. Um, But if you can't six to 12 months of expenses is what you should be considering um, having in your, in your savings account. What if I have a retirement plan at the current employer, I'm leaving that employer, right? So got a couple options. I can, they can keep your 401k, whatever investments instruments you have with that employer Mm -hmm. or, do I roll it over to my new employer's retirement system? That's a big question. What do you guys suggest? Yeah, so you can you can you can leave it, you can roll it over to your employer or you can roll it into an an IRA. And that is going to be, you know, based off of your particular situation. I do like to see accounts more consolidated so you don't have, you know, five or six different um 401ks from all of your your employers rolling it over to that new employer is um it's it's typically a, a easy process so that'll be one thing but if you're not going to an, another employer and maybe you're starting a business or um or you know taking some uh, a sabbatical I guess <laughs> uh, you may consider rolling it into an IRA and and you do need to be um, careful what you don't want to just start canceling out your IRAs every time you leave, your 401k every time you leave, because you are, if you're taking this out before 59 and a half, you're experiencing a 10% penalty on top of paying um, income taxes on that money, both federal and state. So we see a lot of situations where sometimes, you know, people will just think that they should just take all that out, but it's just really not a good thing to do. You have to think long-term, um, you know, with decisions like that. 
And when you say take it out, you're meaning distribution. Yeah, you get this letter in the mail that says, hey, you got, you know, $20,000 here, $50,000 here. You can either, you know, keep it here for a period of time or you can take the check, get a check cut to you. And for a lot of people, they see that they think it's all their money, but it's not, right? Um, so just being mindful that, you know, typically when you're putting money in retirement accounts, there's always going to be something that will come out for taxation and or penalties. You know, it, it, you, know you, you need to be mindful of it. <clears throat> this other big expense, health insurance. Might not like the job, might want to pursue other opportunities. Maybe there's a big salary increase with the next job, but the cost of health insurance might be dramatically more. What do you say to those folks, especially if you have a family and you're responsible for all of their coverage? What should people look at or consider when it comes to health insurance before they change jobs? Yeah, so I guess what I would what I would look at is looking at, you know, the full benefit package of that that new job and comparing that to the old one, um, depending on how big that increase is, you may say, okay, yeah, it's, it's more that you have to pay, but if you're still bringing home additional money, um, net, then you'd be willing to, to pay more for the health insurance. Do we suggest the marketplace going and looking at the affordable care act, Obamacare marketplace to consider insurance options, or should they stick with an employer plan? Um, again, this this question really is going to be streamed around your income and, w- and what you can afford. But um, in general, if, if you are looking just to get an understanding of what is on the marketplace, you would go to healthcare.gov, again, healthcare.gov, and um, you can explore different mm-hmm. options that may be this way. But most people we find that are going to work at an employer typically will take their um, the coverage through their employer just because oftentimes it's subsidized more. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. That's one of the, the things that you, you need to consider if you're going to another another job then then hopefully you know they do have insurance but if you're being if you're going to be self-employed um then yeah you are looking at you know the the um the marketplace because that cobra coverage that you can continue with your your previous employer it can be pretty expensive Mm -hmm. what if somebody's got the job the new job of their dreams, but it may not match up with the job that they're leaving. Do you guys suggest in negotiations? And I encourage everybody to negotiate your salary. Even if you really love that job, never take the first offer. Should you at least suggest to the new potential employer? Well, you know what? My last job, I got my deductible of my health insurance was X, Y, Z. And I got this many days off. I got these kind of retirement instruments. Do you guys Suggest it as a good idea, or you just work with the new what with what the new employer is offering. Well, typically you you don't see um, is as much flexibility around plans because those are kind of set parameters. Oftentimes, with the employer and you know relationship with the healthcare agency they're working through. Um, but it, to your overall point of um, contract negotiations and really thinking through, you know, um, you know, a deal and not taking the first offer. I'm a really big proponent of that as well. I, I, I think a lot of times we, we just, we don't have because we don't ask. And um, I think if we just, you know, took that process more serious, it's also important to do your budget. So you actually know how much needs to come in the door and needs to go out for you to be happy and thinking of retirement. These are all factors I think should go into contract negotiations. You just, you know, better be willing if you ask for more, be willing to come with it. JB, when you applied at Northwestern Mutual, did you put your fist on the table? This is what I need from y'all. I will walk out of here. And Erica was like, look, I'm going to keep it real simple. 
Okay, well, this well, is what y'all gonna give me, and this is what it's gonna be. Well, well here, here's the deal. Uh, Eric and I, uh, we're, we're not the home office employees. We don't, we don't get free lunch. We're technically our independent. Oh, you're independent yeah, agents. So, yes. That's right. So, um, so yeah, so we we didn't get that that perk, but um, you know, if we if we have anyone else though, we are on them about that. Absolutely, I agree. But we're proud partners, in Northwest Mutual. Indeed, you are. And if people want to reach either one of you, what is the best way to do that? Our website, so Erica at nm dot com. Yep, or James um, Bell dot nm dot com, or you could also call to four one four six one five eighteen fifty five. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, I'm gonna ask JB and Erica about. Other types of insurance, life insurance, disability insurance, et cetera, and how they can factor into your long term financial goals. You're listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on the new 101.7 FM. Don't go anywhere. We'll all be right back. It's The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 101.7 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. Welcome back to the program. Eric is here. JB is here. We're on first name bases now. <laughs> yes, yes. yes, we, we are. Chat often. Let's Love talk about different types of insurance, shall we? Life insurance, disability insurance. Do people pay enough attention to disability insurance? I know a lot of employers may include it. It's probably rare. But having disability insurance, like here's the question. What do you do if you can't work? Right. Will you have enough resources to pay the bills, take care of the family? Let's talk about disability insurance and some of the disability insurance products that Northwestern Mutual may offer. Sure. You know, income, we we actually like to call it uh, many times income protection. And, um, you know, income is like blood to the body if you you really think about it. And so um, all of us, we're working our butts off. As we make more income, we use it to create a certain lifestyle. And at some point in time, we're going to have to deal and address the issue of if, if I do get sick, if I get injured, um, and that income isn't coming into the door. How is it going to impact myself and the other people that may depend upon me? So when you get a job, you want to know if I am sick or injured, typically short term will be anything that's before 91 days. In some cases, it may be 181 days. OK, and typically you'll see either your all of your income being paid out to you or maybe, you know, 70, 80 percent of your income being paid out to you. The primary issue is if you are sick or injured beyond 91 days. That becomes long-term disability, anything beyond. And the average disability in our country right now is about 2.3 years on average, okay? So you need to be thoughtful around, if I have that situation happen, your employer often will pay you a reduced rate. Maybe 60% of your salary is a common amount of dollars that you'd see, okay? If your employer is paying for that for you, then that means the benefit will be taxable to you. So it's like living on half of your income. And for those who believe it's easy or they could do it, then the question will be, why are you not saving 50 percent of your income if it's that easy? It's really not easy. And so we recommend supplementing that. Northwestern Mutual offers supplemental disability insurance where you can boost yourself beyond that 60 percent to, you know, 70, 80. Sometimes we've even seen up to 98 percent. But we just try to maximize the amount of income that we protect for that person's lifestyle. So it is recommended by you all to get supplemental disability insurance. And, and who should get it? Listen, anybody who's working, anybody who's got responsibilities. Anybody whose income is important to that family's way of life. 
So if you can honestly say that if this income wasn't coming in the door, that it would be no impact. Okay. Then we're not as concerned, but, or if you've saved enough for retirement that literally you could let go, you could stop working tomorrow and you'd be just fine. That's another situation. But if your income is material to your way of life or important to your way of life, you really do got to make sure you do your best to maximize it. And, and stay at home moms or stay at home, you know, individuals. Cause sometimes some dads stay at home too. Um, they they should have it as well because of all of the things that they contribute to the household. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not working, having disability insurance should be a consideration. Well, stay at home. Parents are working. Yes, they so, are. Jeez. I just <laughs> no. You're right. Make yeah, sure we got we seven say. kids between two of us. You got four. That. I got no, three. No, that's you're right. And you know what? I need to have a different level of respect for parents who are working in the home because that is not oftentimes compensated and if you put a dollar amount mm-hmm. on what oh. parents on everything that you're going to have to do that's so a six-figure job got to go yeah. to daycare now you're you know you're yeah. that child that child care is gonna take out a uh half of a check anyway right mm-hmm. um imagine so. hiring somebody to, <laughs> to do everything you're supposed no yeah that, that's a that's a role I know we briefly touched on entrepreneurship and a lot of folks, they're fed up with working for the man and they want to start their own thing and they think it's going to be a lot easier. They can be their own boss. All of the dreams that people are sold about entrepreneurship. Well, it's this is very different because there's a lot of things that people may not consider that their employer, if they're an employee, that their employer is taking care of for them on their behalf, paying their taxes. That's one of them contributing to their retirement. That's another any other associated benefits that may exist. So the person who is considering leaving their nine to five cubicle job to be an entrepreneur, they've got to consider for their own retirement and all of the insurance that they will need. What do you tell folks who are just about one foot out the door from their current employer that takes care of all of those details for them versus their decision to become an entrepreneur? Sure. So, um, for for me, it's really doing or taking an inventory of of how much that you really think that you're going to be able to bring in at the at the moment, because you said all of those things of which, you know, you're you're spoiled by your employer of of getting already. You may think, hmm, I just need to make what I'm making here. I can I can cover, you know, the same salary that I'm I'm making but that's not really the case because your expenses are now going to increase and in all of those benefits you now have to pay for. So you need to consider that. You need to consider how much all of that will be. You need if you're going to jump out in the marketplace, look at what that that healthcare is is um is going to cost you. Look at what the disability is going to cost you and be able to say, "Okay, can I make that amount now leaving my job doing having more time to put into my own business. If not, consider staying a bit longer until you can um, until you can afford those things. Yeah, and we work with a fair a lot of business owners now across the country, and, that, and that's one of the key observations we find. They'll come to us, and they're making good money through their business. And then when we ask them about, you know, what have you even set aside for retirement, sometimes, you know, you can get so impressed with money today that you forget about this is going to have to be unwound at some point in time. You know, um, whether you – go um, because of physical ailments or mental ailments, you know, the body is, is made to die at some point in time. And and so you, you do have to think about what is my exit strategy and you need to be able to make enough to be, to address that issue. This Especially is very, if you have a family. Mm-hmm. Indeed. 
It's a very important time of the year. It's almost like uh, it's an incredible holiday right now. It's an extended holiday. It's a wonderful time of the year. It's tax time, ladies and gentlemen. And you see people's <laughs> attitudes change. Their relationship status has changed. So many. Everybody goes out you for a crab You say wonderful, boy. but everybody got to pay them ain't, ain't excited you know about that. Saying? It's not Christmas. Well, <laughs> not rich people like y'all. No, I'm talking about everybody else that ain't wealthy and money falling out of their pockets. Tax time. It's a windfall of money for a lot of people, especially if you get the earned income tax credit. And I don't know if we have enough conversations, especially on platforms like this, about useful and productive ways that people can save and or invest that money. So for those folks who might be new to investing, but they're hearing more about it, they're not really ready to jump in yet. And they have this windfall of money. Let's say they actually have a job. So they're doing okay. They're making their ends meet. And then they get a pretty hefty earned income tax credit. Obviously, the first thing that I'm going to recommend is pay off or pay down your high interest debt. But then what would you say to folks who maybe got a couple few thousand that they can play with? Where do they start? And let's assume that their retirement fund is either empty or does not have enough in it. What should be a consideration of what they can do with those dollars from the earned income tax credit from their tax return? Yeah, so um, one of the biggest things, you, you hit it right on the head, um, starting up that retirement plan, especially if they have a match, please do not leave free money on the table. So if, if you know that you haven't even looked at your retirement plan, um, that's a good time to email HR and say, hey, I, I just want to have a representative reach out, or you can always feel free to reach out to us just to give you some general education <clears throat> on how plans work. Um, beyond that, I also think for parents in particular, um, it's also an opportunity to think about maybe a college um, fund for your children. You having a portion go to there. That's a it's a very growing it's a big growing cost that mm-hmm. we see a lot of people kicking the can down the line. There's there's regrets associated with it when you know if your kid really identifies the school they want to be at. So I think that's another good place. Yeah, I um so yes, I go high interest debt, and then I go um, making sure that your emergency fund is is shored up. After that. I look at, hey, is it something where we can consider um, putting more money towards retirement or maybe paying off your insurances for the year? So then that way you don't have to worry about them through throughout the year. Um, And then from there, we're looking at more so that um, child expenses. I'd imagine you two have a pretty diverse book of clients. Do you see? Cultural differences and people's attitude towards saving and investing. And another one is because I got into an argument with one of my listeners one day. I don't think that African-Americans. So African-Americans that make a certain income, uh, two parent households, uh, both, you know, gainfully employed, making decent money, maybe a six figure household. Percentage wise, I don't think that we put money away for our children's college fund like our other racial or ethnic counterparts. Challenge me if I'm wrong, guys. Do you see African-Americans who are in higher income brackets saving for their kids or investing for their kids' college fund like Caucasians and other folks do? Uh, what I would say is this. Um, when when the education and the wisdom and the knowledge is aligned, I generally see people make good decisions, regardless of race. And um, and so I think that's an important thing. Now, when we meet people, right, sometimes there's a, there's a huge educational gap. You know, I, I have to remind people a lot. My dad is 82 years old. He was born in 1940. This is before they even integrated school. So I, I still feel we're a very relatively newer, freer people, if you really think about it. So there's there's some knowledge and things are going to have to catch up. But I, I am, I've actually been 
um, greatly appreciative of the clients that we've been serving across the country and how responsive they are to the the lessons and things that we talk about. And I've seen a lot of tremendous strides that doesn't get talked about often. Yeah, I would say the same. So if we're looking at two equal households and they made the same amount of money and had the same situation, they do want to fund their their um, children's education. What I see is that a lot of times um, our community will, will want to fund the children's education before they want to, <laughs> you know, have their own stuff together. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, um, and so we kind of have to rewire more so in, in that sense contribute, Hey, your retirement is off track. We can't be thinking about Edvest accounts and, you know, five, two nines right now. We need to focus on you. And so, um, yeah, I would say yeah. that that we do. It, but but cult, I don't want to underscore. I do think, Sharon, to your point, culture is a very real thing. And, and you know, all of us spend a lifetime responding to our childhood. I don't care who you are. We, we spend a lifetime. So there's there's things that, that we learned about money growing up. Um, there's certain things that worked really well. There's other things that we need to stay in front of and, and make sure we don't allow ourselves to go by the wayside. But, you know, they, it's just about to me. It's about getting knowledge. And I think that comes from actually having a real genuine connection with people and, and being able to communicate with them and knowing their individual situation. How do people contact Erica Wright and or J.B. Bell for questions relating to all things financial? Sure. So if you're more of a phone person, um, you can do 414-615-1855. Um, and if it's going to be a website, you can do jamesbell.nm.com or ericawright.nm.com. Pretty Erica easy. with a C. Erica with a C. Yep, Spell it with a K. Right. Spell it with a C. Thank you both. <laughs> Appreciate you. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care, family. Take care. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back.